Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Perkins Platform. This is a solutions-oriented podcast and live radio show. Each broadcast, we dedicate just about 30 minutes to explore topics of interest for leaders and professionals in education and a variety of other disciplines. And this is your host, Brian Perkins. Uh, Welcome back, everyone. We're glad to have you back with us this week. Um, We have uh, a lot going on. We know all over the country uh, there are a number of people, uh, a number of uh, places, I should say, that um, have started uh, school for the first week or two, and there are others, uh, particularly in the South, that have been uh, back since the beginning of August, but it's that familiar time of the year, not just football season, but uh, that it is uh, school opening. And so today, I'm delighted to welcome a guest. Um, special guest who is a, a nurse um, and has been doing uh, a lot of work with uh, school nurses. Um, and I'm, I'm delighted to welcome uh, Dr. Linda Mendonca. Uh, welcome, Linda. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so glad to have you. And so uh, those of you listening, one thing you should know that uh, uh, Linda is the president of the National Association of School Nurses. Um, uh, through next year and is a, is a fellow of the National Academy of School Nursing. So um, she teaches, she's been a professor and worked with the Department of Health in Rhode Island. Uh, so we, we do have an expert with us today in school nursing and, and, and I, I have so many things. I know we only have 30 minutes, but um, I'll start by um, asking you, tell me a little bit about um, the association that you're the president for. Uh, uh, I know that there are a lot of places with school nurses, and so uh, being the president of the uh, National Association for that is a really big honor and, uh, I imagine, responsibility. So tell it, start, let's start there. Tell me a little bit about um, your organization. Sure. So, um, yeah, the National Association of School Nurses' vision really is that all students are healthy, safe, and, you know, ready to learn. That's important. And the mission focuses on optimizing the student's health and learning by helping school nurses by advancing the practice of school nursing. So the organization is um, there are approximately a little over 17,000 members um, nationwide, and um, we really strive on providing resources and um, information to help school nurses with, um, with their practice of school nursing because student health equity is, is important, and that's um, something that um, one of our strategic plan goals really focuses on, student health equity, and making sure that all students across this nation um, have that health um, you know, that they need to be successful in the academic um, setting. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a little different from, from just education. When you talk about health equity, just the, the health education pieces, right? I mean, you're, you're, you're actually doing other kinds of work. Um, some of it is, is kind of community education. Uh, but tell me a little bit more about what work you're doing uh, for for health ed, uh, equity. 
Well, so part of um, the school nurse's role um, in this 21st century um, is looking at managing these complex and chronic health conditions for millions of students that are participating, you know, in school every day. And so um, that care coordination is important and making sure that students have access to medical care and, um, you know, the things that they need to, to um, be healthy and to be able to participate in school. So it's important, um, you know, it, it, it's oral health, it's mental health, behavioral health. So there's so many pieces um, that we um, are working on, and so we really strive. Um, um, and part of our work, too, at the organization is, is advocacy and um, looking at legislative priorities and, um, you know, really focusing on um, the bigger picture um, of what's needed for our students to make them um, successful and, and to ensure mm-hmm. their health and safety. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you, you just mentioned one big part of what I understand as uh, the role and you, you framed it as complex care, and I think that's probably an understatement. You know, a lot of, of places, uh, when we talk about um, what, how much needs to happen in the school, I think it's very rare to see uh, places that have more than one school nurse, even though uh, some of the demands, um, you know, kind of the health demands might uh, exceed what one person can, can do reasonably. Um, that it's a very, very important role. I know sometimes uh, uh, some of us uh, think of it as it's where that their role is where the student, you know, the student that has a fever or cough, um, they're not feeling well, they go lay down in the nurse's office, someone takes their temperature, but it's really, really more complex. I know you, you framed it also as now, you know, what, what is being asked of nurses and particularly school nurses now is very different than it was uh, 20 years ago, say, right? Um, so what, what would you say how most of your nurses are spending their time now? Yeah, so absolutely. So it's monitoring and, made, you know, helping those students with chronic health conditions such as asthma and diabetes and um, other, you know, um, special needs that students may have. Um, it's identifying and referring students um, around behavioral health. Like I said, also screenings are done in school, vision, dental, um, hearing, scoliosis perhaps. So um, following up on all of those re- um, referrals and um, looking for early warning signs of families that might be at risk, whether it's due to abuse or neglect or, you know, just um, – you know, just uh, poverty, you know, there's so many things that are happening out in our communities. And the school nurse is key as they are, you know, have those students with them five days a week, um, you know, 180 days a year, but really have um, a good pulse on what's happening with their students and can and really help their families. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that is certainly, that's a tremendous amount. And certainly we know, um especially over the last um, couple years now, it's, it's interesting that we're going, now we're going into our third year of even talking about COVID, right? Um, right. And, and so I, I want you to take me back to, you know, 2020. Um, 
what, tell, tell me what was going on, what was the buzz uh, among your colleagues when, when things started to happen with, um, with COVID uh, from the beginning? What were, what were some of the thoughts about where, where nurses might be in the middle of all this? Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, the pandemic certainly has demonstrated the value of a school nurse um, as yeah. they really were, you know, essential members of um, reopening and the reentering of, of schools and being on those planning teams. And I think it's important um, to stress here that it, it was really crucial that school administrators recognized their expertise and invited them to have a seat at the table. Um, and it happened in many places, but I did hear that in many places that did not happen. And uh, that's unfortunate because um, school nurses, they're the public health expert within that school community. Granted, school administrators learned much about public health, probably more than they wanted to, but certainly, um, you know, they were key because you know, they collaborated with local and state health departments on, mm-hmm. you know, the of what the federal and state governments were looking at for guidance on COVID-19 and around mitigation strategies, and sure. um, they certainly had the expertise to share. Sure. Now, were there any new kind of um, requirements for, for nurses, for example, so they, you know, they, where there were school nurses in place, um, once you know we we had COVID uh, in the schools, um, did you see new um, regulations or expectations that were kind of official expectations that okay, school nurses where there are school nurses, here are things that they they have to do as a part of as you mentioned mitigation teams or anything like that did you did you hear because to me that would have made a lot of sense that they had to be uh incorporated in these as you as you've mentioned were there any places where they were required um to be incorporated yeah so certainly um you know doing the contact tracing um and and, um you know case investigation school nurses were really key. And that was something that definitely got added to their responsibilities um, and made it difficult for them to do other parts of their, their role because of, um, you know, of the, the high numbers of COVID cases within their school community. So, yes, they were certainly working in collaboration with health departments and doing contact tracing and case investigation, um, you know, in the beginning of the pandemic through even, you know, last school year um, with, you know, as we know, with the, the Delta and then Omicron. Um, so they were really working hard and doing something that they normally don't do on a daily basis. And uh-huh. so um, it was a lot. Yeah, sure. Now, you know, before, so before COVID, we had, you know, the influenza A and B, and so we had viruses. I'm sure your organization uh, played a huge role in the training, kind of further training available to school nurses um, on on those. Tell me a little bit about training that they might have received even before COVID was a thing. What do you do? Um, I know you have an annual conference, um, but in terms of, is there a national accreditation for school nursing uh, that's different? And 
Is it only people that can be, that are RNs? Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, school nur- the practice of school nursing is very um, different across our country as far as models. Um, typically it is an RN. Um, however, there are some states that um, allow LPNs to, um, to practice school nursing. Um, other states where there aren't as many school nurses per student, if you will, um, there may be a school nurse who is, oversees a large population of students and they have um, health assistants, you know, um, doing the day-to-day kind of um, first aid and other care. So it, it's very um, varied. Our, um, you know, the gold standard is really for it to be a registered nurse and to, um, you know, to have um, have that that person in the role with um, with the expertise and knowledge um, to do um, the care coordination, leadership, have the public health expertise, et cetera. So it does vary across um, across the uh, across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, as yeah, you may be aware, there is a shortage of school nurses even prior yes, to yes. pandemic and what we're experiencing in the in the in the education world in K through 12 right now. Um, we're only about 30, um, you know, 35.3% of schools um, employ a part-time school nurse and 39.3% um, employ full-time. Now, this is data from 2016. We launched a um, workforce study data um, this year, and we're in the process of um, that data being analyzed, um, and that should be coming out soon. Okay, okay. Um, and that you, you mentioned um, about uh, different, different requirements in, across the states. I know I read that um, your organization, as one of its um, kind of legislative priorities, uh, has um, uh, advocated for the passing of a uh, nurses for under-resourced schools everywhere act. Um, right. And and so you know it is it's interesting to me that you know some schools have part time nurses and some like as I mentioned earlier don't have enough for the population that they serve. I don't know. I, I and and maybe it's just I haven't looked closely enough, but I don't really I can't recall a place that I've visited. I've visited schools all over the country. Um, where I recall seeing more than one school nurse, and it didn't matter how big the school was. You know, I, I don't recall seeing that. Um, but tell me about this um, this act that you are pushing for, and, and especially in light of what you're saying about the, uh, you know, the shortage of nurses, not just in schools, but shortages in hospitals and other facilities. Uh, tell me a little bit about that that um, act you're pushing. Right. So, um, yeah, this, this act um, would really recognize the critical role of the school nurse and, you know, providing access um, to quality health care so that, um, again, back to our vision that students are safe, healthy, and ready to learn. Um, and so it was introduced by Senator John Tester of Montana and um, mm-hmm. Representative um, Dina Titus of Nevada, and they both were very, um, you know, what they have, you know, especially from coming from their states and um, just found it important that 
you know, nurses, school nurses were available to students. So, um, you know, knowing what the data shows um, as far as how many, um, you know, the, what the shortage looks like, and um, also noting, too, that um, the American um, Nurses Association has really reported that um, not having um, a school nurse is really um, important that um, that we do have that for administering safely med administering medications, doing treatments, and doing all those things that a registered nurse um, is able to do would really um, would help. And it also school nurses um, kind of the operate in what has been termed as a hidden healthcare system. Mm -hmm. We are not recognized um, often as providing health care, and, and we certainly do. We are health care providers, and we are certainly um, able to make that connection between medical homes, the family, and the school setting, where, like I said earlier, children spend a lot of their time. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and I, I mean, I think there's a lot of credit um, due um, as I mentioned before we went live uh, to, you know, nurses as unsung heroes uh, of, of getting um, us back into schools, but keeping, keeping people reasonably safe uh, during that time um, and being a part of the public health uh, uh, apparatus in schools. Um, what are, are you recommending um, one one nurse to a school. What are what are the the numbers suggesting about um, how how many nurses kind of realistically um, are required for a given uh, population of students? What what ideally what would you like to see? Yeah, so we're we're not um, really talking about a ratio, if you will. Um, yes. Because that's hard to do, especially, yeah. like I said earlier, with having, you know, complex students and, and the acuity is always is different and that's always hard to do. So what we're hoping for is that every, every, um, every child in this country has a school nurse. So whether that means, you know, every school has a school nurse, um, at least, if that's like a goal, if we could get to that, um, that would be amazing. So I think that's sort of our wish. Um, is, you know, that every student has a school nurse and that may look like, you know, every school has a, has a school nurse. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. And then back to the whole thing about training. Um, what, what, uh, what are some of the things, so when, when uh, I guess as, as quickly as possible, I'm sure, what were some of the resources you provided to members and perhaps even non-members, but uh, uh, as an organization to nurses uh, during, you know, during the height of the pandemic? Yeah, so um, we provided um, a whole, you know, on our webpage of COVID tools and resources that included um, things about um, PPE. As you know, there was a huge shortage of PPE early on in the pandemic, and, and trying to help school nurses um, you know, um, advocate and get the, the PPE they needed, how to um, be resourceful around the PPE. Um, also um, looking at um, things that they could use with their families about um, understanding, um, 
you know, how to um, screen students and staff and what parents should look for, when to keep students home, um, helping families with that. There was a little um, video on hand washing. And, and so we really um, provided a lot of resources and also webinars, too, um, helping um, the school nurses. We are involved, which we were involved with before COVID, but with school-located vaccine clinics. And so um, did a lot of work with the Association for Immunization Managers on um, providing resources for the um, immunizations and providing vaccinations in the school setting. School nurses are a trust um, source for families, and having a, a school-located vaccine clinic within the school is a familiar place for, for families. And so school nurses were really busy, um, particularly when the – vaccine became available to the eligible, you know, first for teachers and then to the school population and, and really helping to, um, to, you know, provide those vaccines. So, um, you know, any CDC guidance that came up, we, we got that on our website. So, um, you know, we really did provide a lot of evidence-based references and resources to our members. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Um, and, and, you know, finally, you know, here we are um, almost three years into pandemic, and if, you know, that weren't enough, we're here, we're faced with another concern um, that has been, you know, it, it seems as though, and maybe not in, in your circles of nurses, but it seems as though it's not as um, widely um, talked about uh, but is the the latest public health concern is that of monkeypox, and I know that you know we've heard uh, a lot about what it is or and is not and how it's spread, and we still learn just like we learned about COVID um, through you know over time. Um, but let's start there. Um, tell me a little bit about when you first as you know an organization learned because of course you're on the front lines of this um learned about it and how like what how do you get information about potential um uh, threats to to the health and safety in schools um hopefully there's some kind of um uh, pipeline that comes to you um, and you're not learning about it through the news like the rest of us. I would, I would love to know that you, uh, you are getting this information um, earlier than kind of the general public. But I, I don't, I don't, I won't make that assumption. Um, right. How did you, how did you learn about it as an organization? Yeah. So I mean, yeah. So once um, you know, it was declared as a global health you know, public health emergency, um, certainly the organization. And that happens, you know, in the summer months. So, you know, school wasn't in session, but we certainly do have um, connection with CDC. They, we collaborate with them. We're invited to their updates, you know. Um, also the White House um, has been providing updates. And we, um, leadership at staff and leadership at NASA do have um, access to all of that and get those updates um, and, and get the, you know, when the CDC re releases, when, you know, get a timeline for when CDC is going to release um, 
their guidance for schools, and we are um, right on it um, as soon as it's hot off the press or coming off the press. So yeah. we are yeah. able to provide that to our members in a timely way. We have a weekly digest um, on our website, and so all of the, that information is communicated to our members in a timely fashion. That's good. That's good to know. So um, what is it that's happening with it now? What are, what, I guess, what's the latest on the status of the spread of monkeypox? Have there been, have there been any cases in schools that you're aware of? And, um, and you know, what are, you, are there large concerns from parents that are being communicated kind of up the pipeline to you um, from, from uh, the, your, your colleagues in the field? So, yeah, I'm not aware of any cases, like, particularly in schools. I know that there have been mm-hmm. some children who have been infected, but um, not necessarily being identified at school or, you know, whatever. But, you know, really messaging for parents um, who, you know, might be concerned about monkeypox exposure in the classroom is that the risk of monkeypox to children and adolescents is low. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, our school, um, you know, K-12 school program practices don't really need major changes. We, um, you know, do infection control always and even before COVID and, you know, and that's what school nurses do. So, you know, if for some reason a student or an adult in the school, um, you know, where we found out were diagnosed with monkeypox, we would follow our public health guidance and recommendations um, for, you know, looking for close contacts. Again, like I said, with infection control, we're always using PPE. If a student were to um, appear in the nurse's office with with a rash, you know, we would isolate and we would, um, you know, follow the normal protocols of assessment, et cetera. Um, it's important, too, to not jump to a conclusion that a rash means monkeypox, too. Yeah, we have to yeah. think about the stigma around this as well. It's really important. But, you know, in the school setting, we follow those things. We wash hands. We do the the regular cleaning and disinfecting. We use PPE. We provide a space for a child who's ill, you know, um, on their own. So I think, um, again, the population of of real concern is not among the school-age population at this time. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. That's very helpful and very uh, important advice. Um, and then I guess lastly, I just want to know, um, and, and you've, you've provided us with some, some really good information, um, is what advice do you have for um, individuals who are either aspiring um, to school leadership roles and uh, or our current um, school leaders uh, around um, how to how to engage um, either an existing nurse or to advocate for nursing services? Um, what what do you advise them? Um, uh, how they might how they might uh, be helpful in in the uh, implementation of a nursing program in your in your in a school? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess first I would say. Um... You know, 
that establishing a partnership and collaboration with your school nurse, if you have a school nurse, um, and really working together as a team to have, you know, clear lines of communication is important. And, and like I had said earlier about including the school nurse in decision-making around health issues um, in the school, I think that um, education and health overall, even at the state level, looking at state departments of education and state health um, departments of health, they need to work to better together in collaboration. We're, we're all here for the same purpose, and that's mm -hmm. the And so we need to really work better at, um, you know, collaborating and, and forming those partnerships. So um, if, if, you know, doing that with an existing school nurse and certainly, certainly be advocating to have a school nurse in your school, um, they, um, again, are like, I call them the heart of the school community, but I'm a little mm -hmm. biased. Yeah, absolutely, um, I understand. Yeah, but certainly having that um, that person there, because um, they have that public health expertise that they can bring mm -hmm. to the school community. Mm -hmm. Excellent, excellent. Well, thank you so much, uh, Linda. This has been incredibly helpful. You um, added a lot today, I'm sure, to a lot of people, including me. Um, and uh, just wishing you the best as and your organization um, and any of your colleagues that might be listening in, just um, uh, uh, heartfelt thanks to you for the work that you've been doing over the last couple of years, but even before. Um, this is not new, um, but the importance of school nurses has certainly been uh, has been demonstrated. So, uh, wishing you the best and um, uh, go well, stay well. Thank you again for the invitation. I really appreciate the opportunity to share about our organization and school yes. nursing practice. Thank you. Thank you.